Amen. Amen. We're going to turn to the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter number 7. Second Chronicles chapter number 7, and we'll begin reading with verse number 12. And it says, And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this place to myself for an house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence, among my people. And the verse that we're all familiar with and have heard many times, yet still rings true tonight with great power. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now mine eyes shall be opened and my ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. And then I want us to just quickly jump over. Amen. If you would, to the book of Ezekiel, chapter number 37. Ezekiel, chapter number 37. Verses 9. Through 10. Ezekiel 37, 9 through 10. Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood up upon their feet. An exceeding great army. Amen. Prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. Amen. And I'm not going to be teaching tonight, maybe more preaching, but I want to preach on this thought, the four or the winds of revival. Amen. The winds of revival. Amen. Let's ask the Lord to talk to us one more time tonight. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for everything that you've done. We thank you for your spirit, Lord, that we feel in this house, Lord, a direct result, God, of people that come to this place, God, with faith, Lord, and, and approach you humbly, God, on knees of prayer, Lord. God, we're asking you tonight to speak to your church, to impart something into our spirits, Lord, that we can take with us, God, and it can bring change and transformation to our lives. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for all that you've done. We give you praise and glory and honor. Everyone say in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated for a few moments. Amen. The winds of revival. Amen. I don't know how many of you are hungry for the winds 
of revival to blow across our church, our families, and our own individual hearts. Amen. I began thinking about uh, while I came here early to church to pray. Amen. As I often do. And had the, uh, the front door unlocked. And, and the wind, as you all know, is blown. They say 30 miles an hour. But Brother Mike and I were saying it's probably more like 45 miles an hour. It's pretty, pretty rough out there. And I commend all of you for coming to the house of God. Amen. Pushing through the weather, the storms. Amen. Uh, years ago, me and my brother Paul and a few other friends, we'd, we'd go snowboarding. And if it was storming, raining, blizzards, uh, we almost didn't even notice it. We were just headed toward the mountain. We, we didn't even let that stop us. Uh, there was times, amen, looking back, I, I'm thinking we probably shouldn't have even went snowboarding that day because it was pretty, pretty rough. Uh, I remember one time on the uh, top of that that summit um, at Sierra Tahoe, amen, as you, if you're not wearing a face mask and the, the, uh, it's snowing on that, on this one particular day that I remember and the snow is coming down and then multiply with that was the wind factor that began to throw that, the snowflakes almost like sand in your face and it, you almost, you had to cover your face because, or wear a ski mask because it would just hurt so bad. Uh, you can imagine someone maybe just throwing sand at you, you know, 50 miles an hour and you're just, you're just getting blasted. And uh, the wind was very powerful on top of that, that peak. And then, so we've been in a number of storms. Uh, we've been in a few car accidents as well. And now we, we've seen a lot of amen, bad road conditions. Uh, and we've been at times, amen, probably uh, praying that God will keep his hand on us that we wouldn't die on the road. Uh, so the weather can get pretty pretty rough out there. I remember a few years back, and I think it was around the turn of 1997 to 1998, many of you will probably remember that, that year, amen, that uh, the city of Lathrop uh, and the surrounding areas, amen, were faced, were faced with, uh, with floods. Uh, it was, I think it was around the turn of 97, 98 was the, the years, uh, and we have the river right here, just down the road. My brother and I, we live right near that river now. Amen. We live there only because there's a super levee. We're hoping that that thing holds up in this weather. But back then, the levee was about half of what it is now, maybe even less. Uh, and the, the rain began to come nonstop in the area. And it was flooding. And the, the river was to the, top, the tip top. And um, I remember... It seemed like, I don't know if it was all of a sudden or at different times, uh, different parts of that river began to go. The levees broke um, on, the, on, the, uh, on the west side, I believe it is, uh, that levee on the west side. And that began to flood into Tracy and um, other parts of um, Lathrop and Manteca. And even the, I, think that, I think it was even that year that the Tuolumne River busted there in Modesto and they got flooded out. And that flood waters began to, amen, go throughout all the land. And the only, it seemed like I remember, I remember back as we drove along the, uh, the 205, uh, that the, the freeway, amen, was almost like a few inches, amen, the road was about a few inches from the water level that had risen up because of the flood. And the houses that had been built on the elevated platform were the only ones that, 
didn't get the water damage. And they, I remember seeing even as a young boy, people taking boats to their houses. Uh, but normally they would just drive, but they took boats because of the flood waters. And those were some pretty crazy storms. Uh, those are some pretty wild times. Um, so there's been a lot of storms that we face uh, in our lives. And there's been other storms that have, uh, others have dealt with those perhaps that maybe you know somebody that lived in Louisiana and had to deal with Hurricane Katrina. And that, uh, you know, that hurricane began to, to blow across that land. The, the floodwaters came and they were inundated and it brought with it um, devastation. It brought with it a certain level of devastation. And the storms that we face in the natural realm often bring devastation. But the, the winds of revival that I am talking about tonight, amen, do not bring with them devastation, but rather they bring with them life. And it's my heartbeat, it's my hunger, it's my thirst today, amen, that those winds of revival that we just read about in the Word of God would, would blow one more time over this this uh, local assembly and that the abundant life center of Lathrop would experience a revival like it's never known before. Amen. We still stand here tonight on the cusp of 2017 and and ahead of us this year is a year full of promise. Amen. Full of promise for my life, for your life, for our church collectively. And there are things that we can do. There are things that we can partake of. Amen. That will bring the winds of revival across our lives and for our church. Amen. And I don't know about you tonight, but in the time of prayer that I've had with the Lord. Amen. God's been giving me a hunger and a thirst for a revival. Amen. A hunger and a thirst for in time revival. It's still my hunger. It's still my thirst that this place would be full. It's still my hunger and it's still my thirst. Amen. For people to receive the Holy Ghost in this altar. It's still the hunger and the thirst of my soul. Amen. That, that baptismal tank that is there in the multi-purpose room. Amen. We'd have to take that cover off service after service. And baptize people in Jesus name. Amen. It's still the hunger and the thirst of my soul. Amen. For an end time revival. Amen. Such like we've never seen before. Amen. The word of God tells us that the latter rain will be greater than the former rain. You can pick up your Bible. You can go through the book of Acts. You can read about how people by the thousands receive the Holy Ghost. Yes. You can read about, amen, how, amen, thousands, amen, received the Holy Ghost and were added to the church daily. And the Bible would continue on to talk about multitudes and so much that they could not be numbered. Amen. You can read the history of the apostles in the book of Acts. That great revival that they experienced. And then you can take that and compare it to the word of God. That the, the, uh, the, the latter rain will be greater than the former rain. Amen. And you, you have, we have that promise here tonight. That whatever revival they experience in the book of Acts. Amen. We have a promise for greater revival still. Amen. We should not live and it's easy to fall into the trap of comparing ourselves with other churches. Amen. But if we will compare ourselves, amen, to the early church in the word of God. 
and say, God, if you did it for the church in the book of Acts, I believe you can do it for Abundant Life Center of Lathrop. It's not so much that God just pours His Spirit out in foreign lands and in Ethiopia and Papua New Guinea and El Salvador and in Mexico, but right here in Lathrop we can see revival if we will get hungry for it, if we will get thirsty for it, and if we will fan, if we will fan the flames of revival in our church. Hallelujah, hallelujah. But somebody's got to get hungry for it. Somebody's got to get thirsty. Somebody's got to get ready. Amen. There was a preacher years ago, amen, who we used to, you know, play around with, joking about. And this, this preacher, I don't even really remember. I think I might know who it is, but I'm not certain. He would say, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. And he would say that phrase over and over again. And I began reading uh, just in a short while I, while I was visiting with my, my parents yesterday and uh, got good parents. Amen. I got good, good parents. Amen. And I was reading a good book. Amen. By uh, Bishop Haney, uh, who's no longer with us. He'd gone on to his reward, as they say. Uh, and he wrote in his book, um, I think it's called Latter Day shepherds and sheepfolds, something of that nature. And he began to talk about the harvest and how the how that he had grown up in a family of, of, of a, far, a farming family. And in this uh, these early years of his life, there were the seasons during the year when he was harvest time. There were the seasons during the year when they would just work from sunup to sundown and they would bring in the harvest and they would have the machines out and they'd be working, 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 amen, so that no harvest would spoil, so that nothing would go to waste, amen. But he began to also talk about the uh, off season and the times in which there was no harvest to be reaped. And he said, you would think, amen, perhaps from a non-farming lens or perspective that during the off season, the farmers just kick back and they just relax. And they just count their money that they got from the harvest. But it's on the contrary. It's, on, it's in the off season. It's in the time that they're not in harvest. That the farmer is working. Amen. On infrastructure if you will. The farmer and his family are working to oil the machines. And to get things ready. Because when the harvest does come around again. They want to be ready to, to reap. Amen. As much harvest as possible. They're oiling the machines. And they're overhauling the engines, as he would say in his book. And they're getting ready and they're making sure that everything is lined up. And they're getting their ducks in a row and making sure, hey, this piece of equipment last year didn't produce as much as it has the ability to. So we're going to overhaul that engine. We're going to oil this uh, this piece of machinery here. We're going to make sure that everything is in tip-top shape. And I, and I begin to compare that, amen, in my mind to the church. And perhaps, amen, there's not people getting the Holy Ghost right now. Perhaps there's not people getting baptized right now. And we're not seeing a massive influx of souls. Amen. But I want to tell somebody today, if you begin to search your heart and say, God, get me ready for the harvest. God, get my heart ready. God, get my family ready. God, get my church ready, God. Because when it's harvest time, I want to be functioning at full capacity, God. I want to 
I want to be a participator in the vision of revival for my church. I don't want to be a spectator, God. I don't want to be on the sidelines. I don't want to be a wallflower, but God, in this time of my life, in this season of my life, God, help me to work on my prayer life. God, help me to work on my consecration before you. God, help me to get the word out. Help me to study the word of God so that when souls walk to the door of the church and they want a Bible study, I'm ready to teach them a Bible study. So that when people walk to the door of this church and they're sick in body, hey, I've been praying, I've been fasting, such as I have given thee. Amen. I want to oil the machines tonight. I want to overhaul the engines tonight. Amen. I want to set the infrastructure in place tonight so that this church is ready for harvest time. Oh, let's praise the Lord and worship Him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. When those winds, amen, of revival begin to blow upon this church. Amen. I want everybody to search their hearts before that comes. Amen. And say, God, what is it that you want me to do? God, what is it that you want me to be a part of? God, how should I prepare myself for when that lot of rain falls on my church? God, what do I have to do to get ready, God, for the winds of revival to blow on my soul? Am I in the place? Am I in the right position that God would have me to be in so that I can be a participator in the vision? Am I doing what God's called me to do? Have I planted my feet on a rock? And should I not be moved by the storms of life? Amen. But I'm firmly planted. I'm rooted. I'm grounded in the word of God. And a life of a lifestyle of prayer is the life I'm going to live. I'm going to set everything in order. Hallelujah. I believe God has a great revival. Yes, He does. A great revival. Revival for our church to, amen, to experience, to be a part of, amen, the song, amen, we heard it before church service started, well, Lord, whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without me, and that's my, my heart's prayer tonight, God, as you're pouring out of your spirit, God, in the last days, God, what about me, what about this church, what about my family? What about my, my lost loved ones? God, pour it out on me too. I want to be hungry. I want to be thirsty. I want what God has for my life. I want what God has for my church. I want to be a participator in the vision. Hallelujah. Why don't we lift our hands to God and why don't we worship Him? Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. He cut all of the Satana, the Rabocoyede. He cut all of the Boshiana, the Rabocoyede. Yes, Jesus. Lot of fire in my soul. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. The Lord speaks to the prophet Ezekiel 
and says prophesy unto the wind prophesy son of man and say to the wind come from the four winds and breathe and breathe upon these slain that they may live I want to tell you today there are winds of revival amen that our church must have amen there are winds of revival that must blow upon our church and I would amen I would tell you tonight that the first wind of revival that we must get blowing on our lives is that wind of prayer and fasting amen I would I would tell you tonight that that first wind that must blow upon our church is a wind of prayer and fasting as the people of God humble themselves and pray like we read in 2 Chronicles as the people of God humble themselves and pray and seek his face and turn from their wicked ways amen God will hear your prayers God will see your fastings God will see your sacrifice and that wind of revival will begin to blow in this church and it will bring with it harvest hallelujah 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 we've got to have prayer and fasting in this church this must be a church that is built on prayer and fasting this must be a church that's built on prayer and on fasting hallelujah hallelujah if you're not praying daily if you're not fasting amen on a regular basis amen you're not living up to your potential in God there's a place in prayer that God wants to take you friend but you've got to go there on your knees in prayer and pushing aside the plate and saying God God I want to pray God I've got to fast I've got to crucify this flesh Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You say, what can prayer and fasting do? Amen. You may ask, what will prayer and fasting do? Amen. Prayer and fasting going on in the church will bring back your lost loved ones. Prayer and fasting in the church will draw people off the street that you and I could never reach. But your prayers before God could go and could draw a hungry soul. Your prayer and your fasting, amen, will go further than you could go on your own because God gets to move you when you pray and you fast. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Just last week, this church began praying and fasting. Saying, God, we want more of you. God, we want your will more than we want three meals a day. I want your will, God, more than I want three meals a day and snacks in between. And I would tell you, amen, that it was last week in that time of prayer and that time of fasting, amen, that God began to move, that God began to move in one particular member of this church and God began to talk to their hearts and God began to bring them back, God began to save them, God began to draw them. 
him and your prayers and your fasting went further than you and I could ever reach in our own flesh. Because the church right here was praying and fasting. Oh, hallelujah. And can I propose to you another wind of revival that we must have blowing on our church? Amen. The secret, amen, I believe God told, amen, the Spirit of God told Cornelius that thy prayers and thine alms have come up before me as a memorial. It's not just the praying sometimes. And it's not just the fasting sometimes. But sometimes it's the giving. Sometimes it's the sacrificial giving, Brother Paul, amen, that gets all of heaven's attention. Sometimes it's the giving. Amen. That gets the attention of God. And all of heaven stops. And says wait a minute. That person just gave a sacrificial offering. That person just paid their tithe. I'm going to come down. And show myself strong in their life. Amen. Can I tell you. Amen. That he was a woman of God in this church. Amen. That gave a sacrificial offering. And her baby came home. Amen. Because of somebody's giving. Because of somebody's giving. And God wants to show this church. If you'll step out in faith. And trust me with your finances. You can cause another wind of revival to blow across this church. And it will do things for you that you can never do on your own. Because you get that wind of revival. Blowing in your house. Oh, it's that church that is sacrificially giving. We begin to come into alignment with that early church in the book of Acts that was selling houses and lands and giving all to the kingdom of God. I would tell you, amen, it's not, we should never forget that the early church was not just a church that was. Uh, Stuck in an upper room praying. But the early church was one that was a giving church. Amen. I would challenge somebody today. Why don't you make 2017 the year that you give it the most you've ever given before. And then stand back and watch the winds of revival blow on your soul. I would challenge somebody today. Why don't you step out in faith and give a sacrificial offering before the Lord. Amen. Why don't you step out in faith and do something you've never done before. Hallelujah. And watch God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My first job. My first job at KFC. My first official job. I told the Lord. God, I'm going to give the, I think it was the first paycheck of every month, the whole thing to you. And, you know, maybe it didn't take a lot of faith for me because I knew mom and dad were going to take care of my shoes and my clothes and they're going to put food in front of my table. And I wasn't really giving up a whole lot. They were still providing for me. But I said, God, I want you to know, God, that you're going to be first. God, you're going to be first, God. And I'm going to honor you with my substance. And God began to bless me. And that was many years ago. Many years ago. That I began to do that. Amen. I can look around and say God's 
given it all back to me. He's, he's not indebted to me. I don't stand before God and say, God, you owe me. God, you owe me, God. No. I still stand before God and say, God, I owe you. God, I trusted you with my giving. Amen. The tithe is the Lord's and the offering we give from the abundance of our hearts. That is, I would propose to you a wind of revival that we can begin to initiate in our church is a giving. And the third element, the third wind of revival I would propose to you tonight, amen, is faith. It's a church that lives in faith. It's a church that walks by faith. It's a church that steps out on nothing but the word of God and lands on the fulfillment of a promise. Amen. A church that lives by faith is a church that lives in revival. Oh, I want to have great faith in my life. Amen. I want to be amongst a bunch of believers that got great faith. Amen. I want it to be said of the whole family that's a family of great faith. Amen. I want it to be said of the Dooley family that's a family of great faith. That's a family that trusts God. I want to be a person of faith. Not in the loose sense of the word that the political world uses people of faith. But I want to truly be a person, a great man of faith that one day others will look to and say, that man had a lot of faith. That man walked by faith. When for years, it seemed like it was insurmountable odds. But that man with eyes of faith just kept taking another step. It just kept putting one foot in front of the other and saying, God, I'm going on in faith. God, I know you'll see me through. I don't have to understand it all. I don't have to know the outcome. I don't have to know the end of the story. But God, I believe you'll see me through. I'll walk on in faith, God. I'll take a step of faith. And I'll believe that God can use me. I'll take a step of faith and I'll believe that God can use my life. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. A church that walks in faith. And the thing with faith is you can't just proclaim it. You can't just say, well, I have faith. But there must be evidence. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Amen. There must be evidence of your faith. Amen. It's not enough to come to church and say, I believe in a God. Amen. That knows no impossibilities. And it's a whole other thing to say, I'm going to step out in faith and watch God answer. Amen. My prayer. I'm going to step out in faith and watch God provide for my needs. I'm going to step out in faith and I'm going to invite somebody to the house of God. I'm going to walk in faith. And a church, amen, that will walk in faith will see great, great revival. 
And the fourth element I would propose to you tonight, amen, of the wind of revival that we must have if our church is to truly have, amen, comprehensive revival is we must be a church of evangelism. We must be a church that reaches out into our lost world and says, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me lock some doors this Saturday morning. Let me tell my neighbors tomorrow night. Let me teach a Bible study. Let me pass out tracts. Oh, help me to let my light shine in the grocery store, God, so that I could evangelize and tell somebody about you. Sometimes the praying and fasting seems easy. When we compare it to evangelism, because evangelism is taking a step of faith. And saying, all right, I've prayed, I've fasted, I've given. Now I've got to go confront somebody. At least it feels that way. But evangelism, amen, is what we need for revival. We need people that will hand out one of these. And say, I, maybe I'm a little nervous. Maybe I'm a little scared a little bit. You know, I feel a little bit backward or timid. But here's a card. I don't know. Maybe you're looking for a church. We got the best one around. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you're looking for answers. God's got all of them. I don't know. Maybe you have a need in your life. My God can supply all your needs. Yes, that's right. But as we step out in faith and say, God... There are winds of revival that must blow across a church if it's to truly be a revival church. God, I want prayer and fasting going on in my life. God, I want to be a giver, Lord. God, I want to be a giver, Lord. I don't want to give, Lord, being stingy, God. I don't want to give holding back, God. But I want to give it to you freely, God. Freely receive, freely give. That's right. Nobody collected a ticket. When you walk through the door of the church tonight, this is not something we charge for. And just like you receive it freely, you are to freely give it back and allow those winds of revival to blow across our church. Why don't we stand to our feet tonight? Hallelujah. Why don't we lift our hands to God and just close our eyes for a few moments and allow the Lord to talk to us individually right now. God, your word, I receive it tonight. I receive your word tonight, Lord. God, whatever you want me to do, God, 